Welcome back to another episode of Am I Doing This Right? I'm Corinne Fox. And I'm Natalie McMillan. And we are best friends, confidants, millennials, and the hosts of Am I Doing This Right? A life how-to podcast from the perspective of non-experts. And each week we cover a new topic and we drink a new bottle of wine. Of wine. And this episode, we're talking relationships, which we we talk about a lot. Mm -hmm. But we're talking about like these very specific, is it mannerisms or... It's like a qualities about yes. yourself that help enhance your relationship. So mm-hmm. we're talking love languages, which maybe a lot of people have heard, but we're going to get into more detail and attachment styles, which maybe people haven't heard of. Or if they have, they might not really know what that means. What it is. But it totally affects all of your relationships, not yes. just romantic, but platonic, familial. Yeah. All of them. All of them. So we're going to be talking about what are the five love languages and how they play a part in your relationships, attachment styles, how to figure out what yours is, Mm -hmm. and how to build a secure attachment for relationship longevity. Because you really need to be secure. Yes, you do. Um, and we're, we're both working on that. Yes. And at the, at the end of the episode, we're going to be playing Unpopular Opinion. Unpopular Opinion. Opinion. I feel like all our little wrap-up can just have a little song. They should. We have like 12 of them. <laughs> are any of these people musicians listening right now? Oh, yeah. If you are. Feel free to create a little song for yeah. us. A little, a little jingle. I would love to know what Citizens Arrest would sound like. Citizens Arrest. Oh, my God. Um, but now, what are we drinking today? We are drinking the, okay, it's either Lucien or Lucien. I think it's Lucien because it, that seems like a French, more French. Oh, E-N-N-E. shit. What? Okay, it's a 20, 2018 Pinot, but it's from Santa Lucia or Lucia. Lucia. Damn it. We... We were cor- one of a, wi- a winemaker actually emailed us, emailed us was and like, was like, "It's pronounced this way." We were like, "Oh, we're like, oh!" But I no longer remember how it's actually pronounced. So, but it, that's where it's from. Santa. Pinot Noir. Yes, we love a Pinot. So it's, oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I'm feeling insane because, um, again, you guys, I have this coffee problem. I have a coffee. I have wine. I have water. I have a lot of liquids around me. Lots of liquids. Lots of liquids. That's how you know you're an adult, I've realized. When you just have like 15 different drinks and they're all like half drank. Well, I would love – like in the morning, you know I love OJ. So oh, it's like, Corinne has I, always, since the day I've known her, dies for a good OJ. I love an OJ. Yeah. And like my ideal morning is like an OJ, a green tea, a coffee, and water. Yeah. And I would like all four of those beverages at all times available to me so I can take a little sip of one, a little sip of the next. A little yes. Sip. Everything has a different purpose. Yes. I can totally see that for you. I also think that you would get toast with scrambled eggs. Yep. And then you also would probably do like one piece of French toast and a side of bacon. That – whoa. That would be your – That would be my dream. That would be your dream breakfast. Wow. Mm-hmm. I love toast. She really loves toast. I love toast and OJ. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so that's way out of <laughs> the what, scope the of what we're talking about today because we're talking about love languages and attachment styles, which I think is super important for people to understand about yourself so you know how you show up in relationships mm-hmm. and like what you need. I think love languages are like knowing what you need from your other partner and then your attachment style is like knowing how you interact 
Yes. In relationships. Yes. In all relationships. Yes. And both are very good to know also for the other person in the relationship, be it friendship, family, you know, romantic, whatever. It's good to kind of know both sides. Yeah. So we're going to get into all of it. But now let's start with love languages, which I feel like is the most familiar to people. Yes. So there are five basic love languages, which are five ways to express love emotionally. Everybody has a primary love language that we need to learn to speak if we want that person to feel love, theoretically, theoretically. Okay. So your love language is how you would like the other person to express love to you. Yes. It's not how you like to express your love. Exactly. Okay, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it. So where did this whole idea of love languages even come from? So this guy named Gary Chapman, he has a PhD in philosophy. He wrote the book, The Five Love Languages, How to Express Heartfelt Commitment to Your Mate, Mm. back in 1992. After he was a marriage counselor for 30 years and he was recognizing patterns within the couples that he was working with. So he argues that while each of the love languages is enjoyed to some degree by all people, a person will usually speak one primary love language. But all are important and they also can be ranked. Oh, yeah. So you have like one and then you're like my my most important. And yes. Like, okay. So what are these five love languages? They are words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and receiving gifts. Okay, okay. And for everyone listening, just to go into the first one, words of affirmation. So if your love language is words of affirmation, things like I'm so grateful for you or no one makes me laugh like you do will go an extremely long way. Words of affirmation people like to feel seen and acknowledged. Mm, mm-hmm. I will say – I'm, I really like words of affirmation. That's up there yeah. for me in terms of like being seen. Same, same. The next one is quality time. So people with quality time as their love language feel most love when their partner gives them their undivided attention. For example, you can go to a cooking class together, go on a handheld walk after dinner, schedule a weekly date night, even if it's just like with your friends, like doing yeah. something meaningful, like we're all going ice skating this week. Oh, yeah. Um, things like that. Things but, together. Yeah, things together. But if you're – love language is physical touch, which it could be, it might sound like that's something that's sexual, Mm -hmm. but it actually doesn't have to only be sexual. Chapman even says, we have long known the emotional power of physical touch. That's why we pick up babies, we touch them tenderly. Um, Long before an infant understands the meaning of the word love, he or she feels loved by physical touch. So if your love language is physical touch, you need cuddling, you need hand-holding, even your partner putting their hand on your shoulder would fulfill the need for physical touch. That makes so much sense, honestly. Yeah. And also, like, when I think about babies and what's the – Skin to skin. Skin to skin. Yeah. Because yeah, it's, like, all this – You're also yeah, – you, you get a lot of hormones in your brain, uh, oxytocin. Yeah. Or is that the drug? I never know. Oxycontin is the drug. Is the drug. <laughs> oxytocin, I do believe, is but the drug. But they right got to be similar, right? Oxy must be something. Something like a o- chemical in oxygen? your brain. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. 
Not um, the time nor place. <laughs> yeah, we'll think about this later. So um, the acts of service example, these types are very much actions speak louder than words people, and they feel very loved when things get done. So examples of this would be like if your partner cooked for you or if they made you your coffee in the morning just like you like it and you didn't even ask mm -hmm. or they did an errand that you hate to do. I will say right now, acts of service is my love language. And Joe, I've told Joe that and he's just like totally showed up for me. Like, you know, getting my new home, there's just so many to-dos and things I can't do on my own because I'm like just – I don't – I'm not tall enough or whatever. Yeah. And so like Joe's been doing a lot more things and I told him like, oh, you're really fulfilling this acts of service need for me. I See, this is why Joe and Corinne work. They, they're very much like – <laughs> they do these things. They understand the love languages. They, th this is why we got to know all this stuff. It is. It creates it is. harmony. Also, every time I'm, – I'm, like, fine with being single, but then every time that there's something in my apartment that I'm like, God damn it. Like, right now, all my light bulbs, I cannot reach those. Uh, I, yeah. You need someone who's 6'5". I need a 6'5". Like, that can just <sighs> – it's rough. The last – love language, the example here, is receiving gifts. And Chapman says, in every society throughout human history, gift giving has been perceived as an expression of love. Giving gifts is universal because there is something inside the human psyche that says, if you love someone, you will give to him or her. What many people don't understand is that for some people, receiving gifts is their primary love language. It's the thing that makes them feel loved most deeply. So if you're someone whose primary love language is gift giving, you feel loved and treasured by receiving thoughtful gifts on birthdays, holidays, anniversaries, or like no occasion days. And the gifts don't need to be expensive or yeah. elaborate mm -hmm. necessarily. It's really the thought that counts. And even something as simple as like a homemade card or some flowers, that would feel like a clear communication of love. And little things mean a lot to the gift-receiving love language people. My – see, that this is what I'm curious about. Like can you have a – your love language – like if my love language is acts of service, but I love to express my love through gift-giving. It's how I communicate I love somebody. Like mm -hmm. I spend a lot of time. I really think about the gifts and like – Yes. So like is there a reverse love language where it's like that's how I like to express it? I guess. I guess so. Yeah. But it's really dependent on if Joe's – like I might enjoy it, but that might not be right. Joe's primary. So he's not exactly. fully like it's, – it's not as meaningful to him. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So like for example, if you – like your love language primarily is words of affirmation. But like let's say Joe – And acts of service. Yes. But like let's say Joe like to express love with like physical touch, Right. So like him holding your hand, you're like, what? This does nothing for this me. This does nothing for him. Yeah. So Which this is also – this is a real-life situation. <laughs> oh, is his physical touch? Um, He, I think, does definitely want more physical touch from me. Okay. Where, you know, we'll get into attachment styles, why, like, I'm not as physical touchy. Uh-huh. But I know that. So I sometimes I'm like, okay, just, like, right now put your hand on his shoulder. Yes. It might it, – 
like, you know, it's not how I'd rather just get you a little gift right, right now, but right. this is what you need. But that's what <laughs> he needs. And that's why all of this is very important. Yes. Guys, if you want to know more clearly what your love language is, you can go to Chapman's website, fivelovelanguages.com and take the quiz. There's a little quizzy. We love a quiz Love moment. a quiz. Um, and if you take the quiz and you and your partner have different love languages, don't worry. Right, Nat? Right. Yeah. According to Psychology Today, which is another one that we love (laughs) research found that couples who shared the same primary love language were no happier than couples with a love language mismatch the research also revealed that while the vast majority of participants intuitively understood their partner's primary love language insight into what a partner needs to feel loved didn't necessarily result in better relational outcomes. The relational happiness lies within each partner's ability to actually put what they know about their partner's love language in action and then adjust their actions towards them. Right. So like me being like, I know he likes, like, yes. I can't just, like, know he likes physical touch. I actually have to do you it. You actually have to, yeah. You have to put the hand <laughs> on the shoulder. I got to put my hand on his shoulder. Right, right. Sometimes. You can't just know the information and be like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it is worth noting that some psychologists don't agree with the principle of love languages. Tim Cole, who has a PhD, says – Decades of empirical evidence show that having a secure style of attachment and being responsive to a partner's ever-changing needs lead to the outcome most couples desire, long-term happiness and satisfaction. Which brings us to our next topic. Which is attachment style. Attachment which style. I, I feel like people maybe have heard of but don't fully, fully understand. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we did a lot of research. We got a lot of this information from the attachment project, which we'll link in the show notes. Yes. So what – are attachment styles, right? Yes. Yeah. So psychiatrist and psychoanalyst John Bowley's work on attachment theory dates back to the 1950s. And according to Bowley, one's relationship with their parents during childhood has an overarching influence on their social intimate relationships and even relationships at work in the future. In other words, your early relationship with your caregiver sets the stage for how you – Will build. Oh, wow! For how you will build (laughs) relationships as an adult. So attachment styles develop early in life, and they often remain stable over time. So based on his theory, four adult attachment styles were identified. One is anxious, preoccupied. Two is avoidant, dismissive. Three is disorganized or fearful, avoidant. And the fourth one is secure. Okay. So maybe you have never really thought through or analyzed your behavior in relationships, but still you've kind of noticed a repeating pattern in your love life. Yeah. Like, have you ever wondered why you keep ending up in the same situation, even with different partners? Or are you like one of those clingy, kind of like jealous people? Or do you always seem to be more involved than your partner? Maybe you want to be with someone, but as soon as things get emotionally intimate, you back off. Yeah, no, this is where knowing your attachment style comes into play and can help you heal from insecure attachment styles. Okay. So what – like can we get into some of the actual attachment styles? Yes. Let's get into the first one, which was the anxious preoccupied attachment style. Okay. So anxious attachment is a type of insecure attachment style rooted in fear of abandonment and an insecurity of being underappreciated. So for adults with an anxious attachment style, the partner is often the better half. 
Ah, mm-hmm. the thought of living without the partner or being alone in general causes high levels of anxiety. People with this type of attachment typically have a negative self-image while having a positive view of others. Oh, interesting. I know they also often seek approval, support, and uh, responsiveness from their partner. Uh, People with this attachment style value their relationships very highly but are often really anxious and worried that their loved one is not as invested in the relationship as they are. Yeah. So they can become overly dependent on relationships, which can lead to overwhelming panic and worry about their partner's behaviors and intentions. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the signs? Like if you have an anxious attachment. I almost said ancient attachment. An ancient <laughs> attachment to the universe. <laughs> um, yeah, some signs of an anxious attachment style is be- feeling insecure in relationships, being clingy or possessive, being scared of rejection, being jealous, being dis- trusting of others, being overwhelmed by intimacy but longing for it, having a low or negative view of yourself, or a strong fear of abandonment might often cause anxious adults to get intensely jealous or suspicious of their partners. Yeah, but there is a way to heal the anxious attachment style. If you're listening right now and you're like, "Uh uh-uh. You're like, I have uh, have been shocked. You're like, that's me. Um, How would you go around (laughs) healing this anxious attachment? Yes, so one key to healing an insecure attachment style is to make sense of the way you interact with your loved ones, especially with your partner. Recognizing your behavioral patterns in relationships and being mindful of them will make the issue easier to solve. Self-reflection is very important here. So analyzing and making sense of your childhood experiences is an essential step. You got to do it. And one of the things we're really not talking about in this, and, and you should do more research on, is that all these attachment styles come from the way your parents or your caregivers interacted with you. So you can go in and like learn in depth as to like why a certain relationship caused you to have an anxious attachment style. Right. I feel like if you're listening to this, I don't want you to feel guilt about having any of this because when you really learn about it, you realize it comes from something that you had no control over. Exactly. So just want to put that out there for anyone who's like, damn, that's me. No, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Mm -hmm. But also – we're not blaming. We're not blaming the parents. You no, know? it's not. It's just it's unhealed. Just, it's just everybody's got their unhealed trauma. That's why we're trying to heal it now. <laughs> we're healing our own shit so that our little kids are all secure. Crossed, secure. I wonder if anybody listening right now is like, no, I'm I'm good. I can't imagine it because I am this next one. Can't relate. <laughs> I am the next one. Which the avoidant. Is the avoidant <laughs> attachment style. So we'll get into it. So the dismissing or avoidant type would often perceive themselves as lone wolves, strong, independent, and self-sufficient, not necessarily in terms of physical contact, but rather on an emotional level. Mm-hmm. These people have high self-esteem and a positive view of themselves. The avoidant type tend to believe that they don't have to be in a relationship to feel complete. They don't want to depend on others, have others depend on them, or seek approval or support in social bonds. Adults with this attachment style generally avoid emotional closeness, and they also tend to hide or suppress their feelings when faced with a potentially emotion-dense situation. Mm -hmm. Hello. (laughs) You plus the Aquarius. Yeah, me plus Aquarius, not... 
Aquarians. But yeah, these individuals will let you be around them, but they will not let you in. And they tend to avoid strong displays of closeness and intimacy. And as soon as things get serious, dismissive, avoidant individuals are likely to close themselves off. But I feel like with Joe, you you have I'm actually really good at yeah at, at saying how I'm feeling or like what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I do I do like push and pull with like talking about our future. Like I'll mm. be like he'll some some days I'm like yes I can't wait for our future. And then sometimes he's like so like when I move in I'm like uh, what you're like uh, so anyways you're moving in and he's like <laughs> who are you Yeah we talked about that yesterday. I'm like mm, I don't know about that. Mm, well I want to see no. where we're at. And he's like. Okay, like, should I plan on that? Or are we not doing that now? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You figure it out. I don't even really know you that well. <laughs> so here are some of the signs. Yes. So if you're an avoidant, you avoid emotional closeness in relationships. You have a feeling as though your partner is being clingy when they simply just want to be emotionally close. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, Joe. <laughs> you have a strong sense of independence, feelings of high self-esteem while having having a negative view of others. So it's flipped from the anxious attachment style. Withdrawing and coping with difficult situations by yourself. Mm -hmm. And withdrawing or tuning out from unpleasant conversations or sights. Yeah, that's me. So, uh, not, how do I how do I heal that little sitchy I'm in? Yeah. Okay, so first of all, everybody, say it with us. Therapy. Therapy. But the key is to admit and realize that the switch, quote unquote, switch on emotional intimacy has to be turned on. This might be challenging and require a lot of effort because the avoidant adult needs to start paying attention to the emotional and physical sensations that come up around emotional intimacy. Mm Mm-hmm. So self-reflection might help uh, one make sense and analyze existing patterns. Obviously, working with a therapist on this pattern would potentially be the most beneficial way that you could move forward in having that nice, secure attachment style. You know what's so funny? You know, I told you I I just came from therapy. Uh I just talked about this in therapy today. Isn't that crazy? Oh, my God. That is crazy. We were looking at patterns of my previous relationships and, like, at certain points when I start to tune out because I get scared, I'm Uh like, oh, it's getting too serious. Um, And it's weird because it's been at the same point in all of my relationships, two and a half years, I start to get real flighty. I'm like, ooh, we got to Well, hey, but you've made – you've crossed that line. Yeah, where I'm, like, aware of it. So I'm like, okay, like, how do we deal with this? I'm like, this is just, like, my attachment style and how can I heal? How can See, you? We love the self-awareness. We love that. We love us. it. So the next type of attachment style is this disorganized attachment, also known as fearful avoidant. Mm, so that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Natalie has entered the chat. <laughs> Just take a big sip of this wine. <laughs> okay, so disorganized attachment involves both high anxiety and high avoidance. So it's essentially a blend of both the avoidant attachment style and the anxious attachment style. <laughs> <laughs> Love that for me. <laughs> so adults with a disorganized attachment style lack the coherent approach towards relationships. On one hand, they want to belong. They want to be loved. They want love. While on the other hand, they're afraid to let anyone in. Yeah. So they have a strong fear that people who are closest to them will hurt them. These adults expect and are waiting for rejection, disappointment, and hurt to come. <laughs> and in their per- perception, it's really inevitable. <laughs> Natalie's dying. 
the way that I have been called out. That's literally like <laughs> that is me. That is me. <laughs> so, but for people that are listening, what are the signs? Okay, so if you're listening, these are the signs. Having mixed feelings on close relationships, like wanting it, but then also being like, fuck no, I don't want that. Mm -hmm. Desiring emotionally close relationships, yet feeling uncomfortable with emotional closeness. Having a negative view of yourself and of partners. Views themselves as maybe unworthy or of responsiveness, but at the same time not trusting partners' intentions. (laughs) So they seek less emotional closeness and frequently suppress or deny their feelings. And they may experience like freezing or states of rigidity or stuck repetitive behaviors or even a flooding of emotion because you're not really like allowing yourself to feel things. But not, not. You can, you can heal from that. And yes. How, how are you going to do that? Yeah. And I, I too work on you this. You do work on it. 100%. One of the key issues in people with this attachment style is fear of someone they trust hurting them. Yeah. So, of course, our easiest solution is just to simply not trust anyone. But this, however, is not a very uh, productive or fruitful solution. Simply avoiding proximity will not heal the trauma or the painful childhood experiences. In order to learn to build secure relationships, you need to learn to trust people first. Yeah. Yes. Which sounds easy. But for adults with a disorganized attachment style, it can be very challenging. So for this reason, it might be best to start off easy and not push yourself. And like we love to say. Everything on the podcast circles back to therapy. Go to therapy. But truly, like, when I – because I at the top of 2021, I told my therapist, I was like, I want to work on my attachment style because it is all kinds of fucked up. And we have – I've learned a lot you about have. myself. You've done, you've done the work. Done the work here. Still working on it. As always. Okay, and the last one, which is what we're all trying to achieve here, what we're trying to get to, secure attachment, which I can't believe that people just live this way. I but tr- apparently apparently they do. If you – Actually, you, my research was like – it was like 60% of adults are secure. No way. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That is unbelievable to me. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Um, But adults with a secure attachment style tend to have it easier when it comes to social contacts, bonding, and intimate relationships. They are aware of their emotions and emotional needs and are able to both experience and express them. They are open and straightforward and do not go to extremes. (laughs) Aha! Interesting. So apparently there's three hallmarks for a secure attachment. Number one is a positive view of self. Mm -hmm. So securely attached adults have a positive view of themselves. They don't need reassurance to feel valued or worthy of love, yet this does not mean that they reject or do not want intimacy or emotional closeness. They simply just feel good on their own as well as in relationships. Okay. I think we both actually do have yeah, – yeah, yeah, we yeah. have that. Mm-hmm. Second is the positive view of others. Mm-hmm. I think this is where we lose the, secu- yeah. <laughs> the security. So these individuals, they also have a positive view of others. They tend to trust their partners. They don't feel the need to be jealous or doubt their loved one's intentions. They're able to accept displays of affection. Yeah, without that's right. That's right. <sighs> Check out. Without fear or confusion. That's mm-hmm. always my thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, what? Like <laughs> – 
anybody that expressed interest, I'm like, huh? Like, what? Why? (laughs) (laughs) These secure people, they also aim at and are capable of building and maintaining meaningful and long-lasting romantic relationships. And they're very comfortable with proximity and bond easily with others. Okay. Okay. And then the last of the three hallmarks of a secure attachment is a positive view of your childhood. So securely Uh. attached... He's going to finish this off. <clears throat> uh, securely attached adults also tend to have a positive view of their childhood. They are able to reflect on and make sense of their past experiences, even if their childhood was not perfect, and they appreciate the good and understand and move on from the bad. Well, Which I'm still working on. We're working on it. But I also feel like, I just feel like our, that number two section is where we... Yeah, that that's really that's really the... The third, you know, it's tough. It's very tough when you've gone through a lot. But I also think that we both see what we've gone through as a a net positive. Like, I would not be the person that I am. You know what I mean? Yeah. So look at us. Look at us. Look at us. (laughs) Working through our shit. So if you want to find out what your attachment style is, we will link another quiz. There's so many fun quiz. You know what? Where the quizzes will also be? The, the newsletter. newsletter. Okay, guys. Our fun newsletter, which you can sign up for on amidoingthisrightpod.com. Um, but yeah, we hope you understand more about love languages, attachment styles, and how they can be utilized to strengthen the relationships in your life, whether those are platonic, romantic, familial, etc., etc., etc. You know what? I would be very curious. Go on our Instagram today on the like the one where we post what the episode's about and comment what your love language is yeah oh my I gosh really please do curious. we'll comment oh well, i was gonna say we'll comment ours but we literally we just, just told you you and didn't also, say yours what my love language is yeah oh i think i'm a words of affirmation people. yeah but you know i really do love physical touch really yes oh my gosh i love to like cuddle i want people to hold my hand like i want to be Touched. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought that. I know. It's uh I think a lot of people are like, really? But it's true. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, should we talk about the Lucien? Lucien or Lucien from Santa Lucia or Lucia. We don't know. Pino. Pino. So let's introduce our hottie and read yes. this wine. Would you like to introduce it her? is Miss? Hannah Montana, a.k.a. Matasiris. Famous, a fellow Sagittarius. Yes, and we chose her because she's revealed that her love language is acts of service. Or she likes to do acts of service. I think it said that. Or did oh, she say that? I think she was saying that it's her. She likes acts of service for her. Oh. For her. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, yes, Miss Miley. One to Miss Miley. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it either, but we also love a Pinot Noir. We love a Pinot Noir. I'd give it a seven. I was going to say an eight. 7.5. 7.5 out of Miss Hannah Montana herself. Yep. All right. This is the time of the episode we play a little wrap-up game. And as we mentioned at the top, we're playing Unpopular Opinion today. Unpopular Opinion. Unpopular Opinion. And I thought of mine over uh, the holiday. Yes. Oh, I almost think I know what it's going to be. Oh, I want to – wait, what is it? Are you going to say that turkey's not good? 
oh my God. But I think people, everyone thinks that and doesn't want to say it. Can we all just get on the same page that nobody likes the turkey? The turkey's dry. It's dry, even with the gravy and the the, cranberry sauce. It's not good. It's not good. I only like turkey on a sandwich, like very thinly sliced. I don't want like a big chunk of it. I don't want the, I don't like the turkey from Thanksgiving. Hit me with a ham. I love a holiday ham. Hit me with a holiday ham. Oh my gosh, we're going to put this in the stories today. Go to our Instagram and vote if you guys think that yes. turkey is – it's not the star of the meal. No, at it's all. not. But no, it is not that, but I do agree with that. My unpopular opinion, which I do think is unpopular, I don't love mac and cheese. <gasps> oh. I just don't – doesn't that really is so interesting to me. Doesn't really do it for me. I don't know why. And I know someone's listening like, oh, she does not have my mac and cheese though. Mm. I'm telling you right now, I would have it and I'd be like, meh. Yeah. It's just like for some reason, I don't know why. I do really like craft mac and cheese. Oh. Uh, but that's not real mac and cheese. No. Like when people make like their signature one in the big dish, right. and I never really like it. I'm like, all right. Interesting. I know. I wouldn't have pegged you for that. It doesn't make sense. For me, I love cheese. I love noodles. I love pasta. Right. Why wouldn't I like a cheesy pasta? I don't know. I don't know. I wonder why. So, yeah. I could But I do – I agree. Kraft mac and cheese. That's something different though. That's not – that's a different Remember the Blue's Clues ones and the little paws were blue? Yep. 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 Man, I loved that (laughs) shit. (laughs) All right. So that's my unpopular Mm -hmm. opinion. What's yours? Okay. So mine is music related. Are you going there? Oh, no. Oh, okay. Sorry. I will never go there. <laughs> Unless I want to be – I want a hit out on me. No. Um, no. This is uh, – I just feel like a lot of people have strong opinions about this. Okay. If Nickelback comes on, I don't think they're that bad. You know people are like – photograph? Guinness photograph. Yes. People hate – they think that they're the worst band of all time. I don't think they're that bad. I think there's worse bands out there. I mean, they were like a hit for a reason. I thought it became a joke that they were bad, but I don't think people thought they were actually bad. Oh, no. People think they're very bad. Well, let us know. Tune in. Uh, Vote. Go into our stories again today and tell us if you think Nickelback is like actually a bad band or it's just like fun to make fun of them. Yeah. Because I can't tell because like some of the songs come on the radio and I'm like. What's What's another song besides Photograph? As a wise man, this uh, is how you, you remind me of who I really am. It's very like white men you. in a tap out shirt with like <laughs> those Oakley glasses. Like, I yeah. can, that's their kind of music. Yeah, yeah. It's not a you Sorry. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. I might even listen to the whole song in my car. Okay. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I like that for I love that yeah, for you. Why not? I'm happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. Just speaking my truth. All right. Well, as mentioned, we have a new newsletter, you guys. If uh-huh. you want to sign up for it, we'll have um, maybe some Nickelback um, yeah. gifts in there tonight. We'll, we'll put a little Nickelback. We'll put also a little picture of mac and cheese. A little picture of mac and cheese. And only you guys will know. So mm-hmm. sign up for our mm-hmm. newsletter on amidoingthisrightpod.com if you want to get freaky with us. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and also don't forget to rate and review the podcast, guys. We love reading your reviews. Yes. And we love hearing how much you guys love it. And it helps us grow. And if you guys are part of this community, we just want to spread the cheer. Yeah. Spread the love. Spread the cheer. Spread the knowledge. <laughs> we got to go. We got to go. We love you guys. We'll be back next week with another episode. Bye. Bye.